Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Spoiler warning. This is your official Missions Axe Leguizamarama spoiler warning. Peace. I hate the word. I Hello, friends. Welcome back to Mission Zach's Leguizamo Rama, or welcome for the first time if you've never listened to our podcast before. Might I recommend Whispers in the Dark? Uh, we are a podcast where each week us two fucks get together and have a chat about something John Leguizamo has done. Uh, and you know what? This week is no exception. We're doing that exact thing. Um, I'm Mish. You might know me from in 1989. I was one. I was living the dream in Hobart, Tasmania, uh, in a rental property next door to a milk bar. Um, I'm joined as always by my friend Zachary Thomas Ruane, who mm-hmm. you might know from. Uh, being zero, zero years old, being in my mother's womb in mm. 1989. I was born in the last 15 days of the 80s. Sounds um, warm. So I never knew a world without Tim Burton's Batman. <gasps> wow. Do you know that I don't know a world without The Simpsons? Did you? Same. Not crazy. Yeah. Do you know that there are 18-year-olds, there are... Legal adults that can drive and drink, mm. not at the same time, and uh, only drive in the US. But there are legal adults that don't know a world without 9-11. That's insane. I saw, <laughs> so, I saw a, a meme, a meme, the other day that said something like 1980 is as far away from 1939 as it is to 2021. I was like, whoa. And then I realised, like, I wasn't alive in 80, so, like, that's mm. not too much. But, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Mm. I think I think the, the crazy thing for me, right, is, like, to, to an 18-year-old now, they view 9-11 like we view the fall of the Berlin Wall, Wall or Tiananmen Square. Like, those are just things that had happened, yeah. that have happened. Like, they're just things that are part of history. Yeah, absolutely. Like, they... Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And then I was just about to say, and they've never had anything like like game changing. And then, and then I remembered we're in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when you could smoke durries in a pub? No, I missed that. Okay. I missed that. Um, I was. I remember pubs still smelling like durry. Does yeah. that make sense? Like by the time I was eighteen, mm. that it was still. In the carpet from, you know what I mean? It was only a couple of years old that they'd changed the rules and it was still a bit clunky as well where you went to smoke. You could smoke at the front of cafes. Like crazy. I remember these times. Might come as a big shock to everyone, but I've smoked a durry or two in my time. And let me tell you, Mm -hmm. I remember I was 19 years old when the no smoking inside rules hit 
Melbourne, Victoria. So it would have just happened then, mm-hmm. like because I'm only a year or so younger. Yeah, than me. yeah. So it literally, would have I would have missed it by by maybe six months yeah. a year. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I was at an indie club uh, on High Street in Melbourne CBD with some friends of mine who also frequented the Durry. Yeah, and I remember there was a countdown at midnight to everyone having their last smoke. So at 11.55, like, the DJ was like, hey, everybody. Because <laughs> that was the So you serious? You literally, like, were on the dance floor with yeah. a durry in your mouth? Yep. That is fucking insane. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? But, like, I also remember when those rules came in. Keep in mind I was a dumb... 19 year old But I remember when those rules came in My friends and I were like That's some bullshit That's fucked Like where is our freedom Where's our voice And um (laughs) uh, There was a countdown at 11.55 And everyone lit their last ciggy And we all danced to I don't know Hello goodbye or some The presets I don't know And um And then after And then after At 11 At 12.01 Everyone went outside To light their first outdoor ciggy I think that, like, smoking outside I, – I don't smoke, right, um, but I have occasionally taken a drag of a pal's durry. <laughs> oh, this is fun. Do you hear a fun memory of Zach and Mish? I think I can share this. We were young enough. We were like, you know. Yeah, uh, well, it depends on what it is. If it's about <laughs> smoking, sure. Don't smoke, kids. If you're a kid and yeah, you're don't listening, smoke. don't smoke. Smoke's, smoking's gross. It's foul. But um, when we were young, Zach and I had this tradition – Whenever we went to any form of live gig or music festival, we would we would share a cigarette together oh, at some so point cute. in the th- yeah it was real cute. Imagine that pre COVID. Like, could you imagine sharing a cigarette now with like no. someone? I wouldn't because I'd be afraid of getting COVID. Here's a fun thing: F. Scott Fitzgerald, who's a famous man who wrote The Great Gatsby, he mm-hmm. wrote in one of his fucking books. That I think it's The Great Gatsby. Uh, oh, man, if you'd cut everything after if F. Scott Fitzgerald, hmm. you would have sounded so smart. If you'd just said, you know, F. Scott Fitzgerald once said, da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> <laughs> but then you're like, but he's the famous man who wrote, who, who wrote that book. It's like none of us here have read anything more than The Great Gatsby, but you could have really played it, honey. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm telling. I'm giving you advice. I, I don't know. I would have said the same thing. I would have been like, I, I would have done exactly the same thing. <laughs> anyway, um, the great- I would have like gone on a tangent talking about Baz Luhrmann and how I, I you know, I, I just didn't thought it was like some it. Interesting choices. I didn't I like the, it. I did not like. Know, I, I did not like the modern remake. More. I think Robert Redford was the perfect Gatsby. I've not seen that one. Oh, it's the perfect Gatsby. My mum, gr- growing up, my mum had the biggest crush on Robert Redford. And I was like, yuck, he's Don't old. And as I get older, I'm like, I get it. Robert Redford's a well, fucking you know hottie. What? If you ever have a kid, you'll say the same thing about Brad Pitt. Because mm. I remember Maybe. when Brad Pitt and Robert Redford were in a movie together and it was just like, this is the same, like, this is the same le- type of attractive, level of attractive, mm. just... 30 years difference, True. 40 years difference. So you'll say that one day to a young ch- person, you'll go, oh, Brad Pitt, and they'll go, no, he's an old man. And you're like, oh, oh God, how dare you? Anyway, F. Scott Fitzgerald, the Gatsby guy, he once said that the most intimate thing two people can do is share the last cigarette. Oh, that's fantastic. Isn't that nice? But it's gross. This is the problem <laughs> with the media is it makes cigarettes like – like cigarettes are so um, – cigarettes are like film language. Mm. I was thinking about this the other day, right, 
This is a bit of a wanky tangent. We should have like a little sound or an alarm, like the sound of, of someone Zach's fapping. Wanky <laughs> tangent, fap fap fap. It's a Zach wanky tangent. Um, uh, Tom, write that. No, down. I was. <laughs> I was thinking about, um, like, about. Uh, like cigarette? No, no. I was thinking about masks, right? And I was mm. thinking I watched Hacks on Stan or HBO Max if you're in the United States of America. Have you seen Hacks yet? No. Oh man, you'll love it. Like great, great. It looks up watch. my street. So up your street. Really fun. It took me a minute. It was more sitcommy than I was. Not sitcommy. It was more like comedic. Than I was expecting mm. uh, at the start, and then and then it, and then it went as dramatic as I was hoping. It's really beautiful. Mm. I loved it, right? And it was really great as well because both characters were super three dimensional. Um, usually in that sort of story, I feel like the young character is like right on and gets it and is perfect, and then it's like this old person's stupid, and then it's like yeah. actually they're not so bad, <laughs> but like. <laughs> But actually both characters are really flawed and they come to each other. It's really beautiful, that character piece. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is I found out they filmed it during COVID. And then I found out White Lotus, which I watched recently, mm. was filmed during COVID. And I was like, isn't that odd? And I, I have friends' things that have been filmed during COVID. It's like, isn't that odd that during COVID we have to do all this stuff to shoot something where you're pretending that it's not COVID, like mm. all this effort to to make it look like it's pre-COVID. Yeah. And then when I watch it post-COVID, I go, I kind of flip out when they're not wearing a mask outside. Like I kind of yeah. find it weird that they're not. Would they have had to have locked down for like 14 days before filming and stuff? They had to oh, do that is, with Love Island. This is America, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In, bang, like, bang, bang. In, in Love Island UK, everyone who was yeah. involved in Love Island UK, as well as the Great British Bake Off, they all had yeah. to go into quarantine for 14 days before filming. That's how badly those people wanted to do Love Island. I, I um, They did that on, on uh, what's that one with Tim Gunn and um, Heidi Klum? Project Runaway. On Amazon. No, yeah. no, it's a different one. It's a new one. Oh, my it's God, how good new- is Tim Gunn? It's the new Tim Gunn one and he's not a judge. He's like just a guide and he like floats about and gives advice. Is it and a fashion one? Yeah, it's – oh, the, oh me, miss, <laughs> honey. <laughs> what am I doing repre- like recommending like uh, scripted uh, comedy dramas to you, man? No, this is like where it's at. It's, um, it's an Amazon one. It's called Making the Cut and it's, it oh, is just literally Even the title, rip. even the title. I think I've had dreams about this. <laughs> Full rip of um, of Project, Project Runway. Runway, which I haven't watched, but I know that it's a rip off of Project Runway because of the bits of RuPaul that are a bit of a rip off of Project Runway. It's yep. the same as that. Um, but the whole thing is, it's the most vertically integrated show ever because mm-hmm. it's like that. It's an Amazon show, and the prize is they get their clothes listed on Amazon on the Amazon store. Oh, that's so funny. And Heidi Klum is like, I have a lot oh. of respect for models ever since um, the model show, the model reality show. America's right? Next Top Model. America's Next Top Model, right? I have a lot of respect for models. I think models have a really hard job, but they're not fashion designers. They're models. Yes. Um, 
but like Heidi Klum is like so opinionated and she'll just be like, I don't like it. And it's like, and then this fashion designers there, they're like, oh, I think it's good. And she's like, nope, I wouldn't wear it. And it's like, okay. Like, yeah, that's okay. But you, I know you know a lot about fashion because you're, you've worked in the industry for yeah. a long time, but like, you don't know it. Like, that's not your job. You don't make jackets, Heidi. Yeah. So what are you talking that's, about? I have man? to watch this show. I was obsessed with Project Runway for a while. And she wasn't so much a judge as much as she was the host of that show. Right. So this is what's so crazy because she's a judge. I think it's Heidi Klum. Is it Seals X? Yeah, Heidi Klum. So this is what's amazing, right? She's a judge on this and Tim Gunn is now the host. Oh, delicious. And he, and he goes around and, like, gives advice and he's real like, oh, what are you doing there with that jacket? And they're like... Oh, that was a good then, Tim Gunn. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. No, I, I lost it. Tim Gunn, I just... I don't know what you're doing with the orange. I just... <laughs> oh, Zach, that's very good. I'm working on it. I'm not working on it. That's the first time I've ever done I'll work. I'll work on my Heidi and you can work on your Tim Gunn. <laughs> we should do that. We should do the one sketch we ever make. The one Mission Zach sketch is Mish's Heidi Klum and me is Tim Gunn. And I'm just like, I, I love it all. I think it's all great. But I just... Why the orange? I just, I don't see how orange fits in with this. I like orange. <laughs> I wore orange last year at the Glad Films Festival Awards and I loved it. <laughs> so I think you should go with the orange. <laughs> That's great. That's so good. Oh, fuck. I, um, yeah, it shows great. And then uh, Naomi Campbell's in season one. But season two, right, they film in COVID. <laughs> and, and like it's so weird because they mention it at the top they're like we are in a bubble in Miami we're not going around the world like last season we're in a bu- not Miami a bubble in like just out of LA and then they social distance they make a point of it and it's like why did you make a point of it because then every single scene afterwards mm. they're all up in each other's grill that was like MasterChef Australia they yeah. were all standing next to each other. They were all like shuffling around. But then when it came to, like, they, no, they weren't allowed to hug. So they all just hit each other's elbows. It's like you were both just breathing two centimeters from the same plate, trying to get That's micro so herbs placed accurately. And yet when that person's going home, you just nudge them on the elbow because you're not allowed <laughs> to touch them. So odd. That's so funny. So strange. That's going to be a great. That's going to be a great little doco. Um, in about five or six years' time where they get a bunch of footage from television shows and movies that were made during this pandemic period and, and like, highlight all the things. It's the, it's the really far apart that, like, just cracks me up. It's mm. the social distancing that's really fucking awkward. When, you know, like, they all get on a bus after to get to the next location or, like... Have you seen the Kelly, Kelly Clarkson... Um, Vin Diesel's performance on the Kelly Clarkson show? No. Uh, look, do yourself a favour, Google that. It's a it's a short video on Twitter. It is uh, of everything that's ever happened. It's like the most phenomenal thing. I think I'll just recommend it to you and to the listener. I'm writing it down right now. Yeah. Um, it's so strange. It's... it's I, 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 don't, I don't know if I can describe it too much, but basically Kelly Clarkson is in the studio. She introduces it. It is Kelly Clarkson. She has a, yeah, yeah. a morning show, yeah. She introduces it. Then it's... So what it is is they're just playing 
that a track from the from the CD. So it's just like so they're just playing a pre-recorded track, and they will occasionally cut to a shot of the CD cover of Vin Diesel's face, and then the audience is people sitting at home dancing to Vin Diesel. <laughs> I cannot convey to you. And then it's just there, but what it is is it's like screens in where the audience would be. There's these like LED, like there's this like these like TV screens, horror, yeah, like Ellen vertical. Does them too. Right, Alan does it. So there's just this clip on the internet, which is just videos of people at home dancing to a pre-recording of Vin Diesel singing. And it's just like, this is not right. You guys haven't worked out how to, you haven't solved this. Oh, that's so funny. But this is what I was going to say. Those screens that are the size of people. Yeah. and they've it's, got them set up behind the chairs, like in front of the chairs. Oh my god, it's it's amazing. So and it's odd. a pre-recording of of Vin Diesel. That's so phenomenal. Odd. It's just like one of those beautiful encapsulations mm. of of the moment. Mm. But um, this is the thing I was going to say about masks, right? So I was like, that's weird. But then I thought, I don't think we've developed a filmic language around masks yet. Mm. Does this make sense? Like. I'll go back to cigarettes. When someone's smoking a cigarette, it can mean a million different things. It's not just someone smoking a cigarette. It can be sexy. It can be, like, scary. It can mean, like, a million things. There's a filmic language around a character smoking a cigarette. And in most film and TV, like, we don't know where we're going to land. And, like, I think that the first few films where they put masks on people are going to be super clunky. Mm. But there's if it's normal now, it has to happen. Like eventually we're going to see masks on characters when they jump into the elevator, when they go outside. Like that's going to fold into film and TV. But like how it's done and, and how it can be done in a way that isn't self-conscious is really like interesting. Because what yeah. does a mask mean? What does it say? And I've never it, thought like, about that, Zach. That's very, very – that's astute yeah. as fuck. Look at you go. <laughs> I just I was like, I don't want to be the guy that like, like in Auntie Donna, we filmed a few like lo-fi things and we were outside. So we happened to wear masks, but I was like, but a scripted considered mm. on a set thing. Like it, for me already, it's feeling weird if you're choosing not to put your character in a mask, but it's also going to feel very self-conscious the other way around because it sets it. Has it there been any, sh- has there been, been any fictional television shows where they had people in masks wandering about? I think some TV, like some network TV shows may have done it. But it's mm. like, I guess what it does, right, the reason you can't do it straight up is it puts it in a time and a place. Yeah. Well, that's it. Yeah, exactly. You know, like I, I was watching Succession the other night and it's like this could be set anywhere from like 2000 to now. Like it's not it's, set any time or place. It's exactly like in any kind of late 90s thriller when someone pulls out their cell phone mm. and it's like, oh, and you just, you're instantly out of it. Like it's just like, oh, this is from the 90s. <laughs> it's like there was a guy I remember when, um, uh, you know, Hello by uh, Hello from the other side. Yeah, Adele. Her name? Adele. What was her oh name? God. That was <laughs> What was her name? <laughs> what was her name? She's one of the biggest 
pop stars yeah. of 2021. <laughs> what was her name? She's not dead, what Zach. Which one was she? Yeah, but she hasn't. She's she's not in an album cycle, so you know, it's as good as dead for a pop artist. <laughs> um, but that remember there was she had like a flip phone. She had an old phone in yes, that music yes. video, and everyone was like ragging on it. And then the director was saying he was like. The reason I use flip phones is because he was like, I don't like to use iPhones because it dates what mm. you're doing. Yes. He's like, if you put an iPhone in their hand, like, it's like, bam, that's 2018. Mm. That's an old iPhone. Whereas if you make the choice to put something older in their hand, it's mm. like, it makes it a little more ambiguous. Who's the guy who wrote Minority Report? I don't know who wrote it, but Steven Spielberg directed it. No. Oh, Philip K. Dick. Yeah, wrote Dick. The short story. I was Dick. That's all I could yeah, remember <laughs> from high school. It was like Dick. Um, apparently, in a lot of his stories and stuff, he predicted a bunch of technology changes because he wrote all those stories in like the fifties and sixties or whatever, and he predicted all these big, big technology. Like photocopying and like uh, Mm, advanced mm. computers and shit. But there's this really interesting part in Minority Report where the protagonist needs to. In the film or the the film? The book. Oh, the book. Um, Right, right, right. Where uh, he needs to photo. I might be like, I don't know, fucking with this a bit, but he needs to fax something. So this is like prediction into the future. You can fax. It's like I need to send it straight away. So he grabs his piece of paper and another carbon piece of paper and puts it into a typewriter. It's very interesting. Amazing. Yeah, it's so good. It's like the, um, it's like the, uh. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The film is phenomenal. I think about the film every couple of weeks and, like, because apparently Spielberg got a group of futurists together and, like, did, like, a two-week camp where they produced a document and they said, all right, this is what we think the world will look like. Spielberg when loved a fucking camp. Remind, like, <laughs> honestly, remind me, like, that'll come up because it's actually the relating to war films, which we will be talking about, and I'll talk to you about Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, Sorry, keep going. Did. That was rude of me. No, but um, but he did this thing where he, I don't know if it was a camp. I might have just been thinking of Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> but he got a bunch, he probably just got them into the office. Um, <laughs> he got a bunch of futurists together, and they did this document, and it is phenomenal. You go back and watch that film, and it is like, so on the money like Mm. it's you know the hand I think I've talked about this on this podcast but like Mm. the the way that like you know we use a mobile phone now is literally what what um Tom Cruise does yeah in that film like it's all hand I need to watch that movie again actually I feel like this is just a series this podcast is just a series of you telling me about something and me being like I gotta watch that again yeah, but then you'll always throw something back at me and then I'm like, oh, yeah, I haven't seen that either. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> that- um, but, yeah, no, no, but that's what I was – but the one thing is there's one moment in it where he then is like, oh, my God, I have to get this information and rather than like 
upload it to Dropbox, he like has to put it on a little USB stick. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's funny. You yeah. didn't get everything, Spielberg. <laughs> you missed that one, didn't you, dick? Yeah, you missed out on dickhead. fucking. You missed out on <laughs> what a loser. Dropbox, what a fucking, fucking loser. Um, should we talk about casualties of war? Yes, we should. I think it's time. It's blurb, time blurb me, bitch. Why well, I just copy pasted this one? Yeah, I'm so sorry. That's not um, like you at all. No, sometimes I add a little bit of something, something. Well, you might be able to find some flair as you go. You're a professional. I don't think so. I think I don't want to add flair to this film. Um, so, Casualties of War is a 1989 American war drama film directed by Brian De Palma and written by David Rabe, based primarily on an article written by Daniel Lang for the New Yorker in 1969, which was later published as a book. The film stars Michael J. Fox and Sean Penn and is based on the events of the 1966 incident on Hill 192 during the Vietnam War. John Leguizamo plays Private First Class Antonio Diaz. Good. Um, that's it. Yeah. That's it on the description. Um, oh, I will say this. I'd never seen this film. I remember the poster. Like, I remember the poster for this film at my local blockbuster when I was growing up or some bullshit. Right. So I remember the cover and I remember when we first got, uh, when we first got the idea of doing John Leguizamo, when we were going through the films, I was like, oh, I've heard of that one, Mm. but having not known much about it. I will say that um, I... I I was in the mood last night. I've, I've had a bit of a war film moment the last few weeks. I've watched oh, a couple. Wow. I've yeah, watched yeah. a couple. I've watched Saving Me Private too. Ryan. I've and I watched um, Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge. Oh, okay. Yeah, Hacksaw Ridge is a really interesting one. Yeah, and so Never, I was like, I was like, oh, we'll talk about Hacksaw. Let's talk about war films. Mm. Let's get to that because I, I Hacksaw Ridge is a really fascinating one. Yeah. Um, um, and so I was like, fucking, let's hit a trio trio of war films. Chucked it in. It isn't what I expected. I thought it was going to be. It was a very no. different kind of film, um, a lot more drama, uh, and uh, it was just it was a lot more intense than I was expecting the film to be, especially a nineteen eighty nine war film. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, no, absolutely. We uh, asked John Leguizamo, or Mish did, because yeah. she's oh god, this, um, why haven't we spoken about this? This was huge. He responds quite a bit, Mish. No, but this one was like he like he, he this is the, this is the fourth time or something he's he's made contact. Mish, with I us. think you are um, look you're precariously close to overusing this privilege. This no, I'm not. I think I think John. he loves it. Although he's nearly at a million followers, and when that happens, I think we're just gonna. I, but I want to get. I want him to follow us. I one want, day. I want to get him on one day. Yeah, but, but also, I think the I next step care. is following us. I think I'm going to put in a request. Oh, okay. I'm going to put in a request. I'm going to be like, John, if you could you please follow us? We're big fans. We do a podcast about but you. Then it puts him in a weird position. I, I don't love that. Because what if he doesn't want to follow us? I don't think it us? does. He does. He does want to. Um, <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> of course he fucking but he, does. He chose this movie. What did you ask him? You asked him Casualties of War or? Or Ride Along. Now, what's Ride Along? Ride Along is a Kevin Hart film. Oh, fun. That's a very big, like, question of Yeah, because it would have completely, like, I was like, which one? They're different. And he just wrote back casualties, of course, like I'm a dumb fuck. I instantly felt like a fucking loser because he went casualties, of course, but I'm sure he was probably just like casualties, of course. But I 
was like, oh, he oh, hates really? me. I read it as like casualties, of course. Mm. I'm proud of that film. I did a great job in it. it. Was I'm his a fantastic first, actor. His first film. Was it? Yes. It was also John C. Riley's. Let's just take a moment to discuss yes. the cast of this fucking film. The director of this cast. movie, did he know when he was casting this film that he was just going to be casting a bunch of people that in 30 years' time would be huge? Like iconic. It's iconic. An, it's an amazing cast, an amazing cast. Um, John C. Riley is phenomenal and he, he's, a, he's very good in this film. He's so skinny. Um, as is John. What's that? John C. Riley's so skinny in this film. Yeah. He's a little Lankatron. He's this little like 20-year-old. Oh, it was just great. Like when I saw, every time I saw a new face, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like it was it's a fantastic cast. It's so good. So John, John Leguizamo's in it. John C. Riley's in it. Michael J. Fox is fantastic in it. Mm. Um, Sean Penn is like acting a lot, but he's very good in it. I should say, we should say, um, if you've seen this film, we had a chat before it. I don't think we're going to delve too deep into the themes of the film. It is a heavy, heavy, heavy film. And we have a lot of thoughts on it. Um, and I'm sure you want to hear them, but it's just too heavy and we're over Zoom. And uh, yes. so I think we've just like, we're, we're just going to talk to the film generally and, and, and everything. But I think, you know, I was, I've been reading a, a fair bit about it before we launched into it. Um, read a great, uh, I've been reading like different think pieces about it and reading about the story and, um, and it's, I think that's like where to go. If you've seen this film, go, go online, read about it, um, because I don't think there's anything we can add to the, the story itself. But yeah. heads up, if you haven't seen it and you're thinking of watching it, it's heavy. It's, heavy. it's, it's one of the most um, confronting mainstream films I think I've oh, ever yes. seen. I would say it's the most confronting in, that we've watched so far. Mm, for sure. Mm. And I, what, I, what I was saying before about how I, it's not what I thought it was going to be um, is exactly what Zach was just saying then. It isn't just a kind of like, you know, guns out, got to save the boys war film from the late 80s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. It's, it's no, heavy. No, I think, yeah. So um, just be, I, I kind of, I guess I kind of wish I'd, I'd had the warning that this was quite a heavy film before I'd seen it. So take that as you will from us, that it is quite heavy if you are wanting to watch it. But it's, um, I, look, yeah, it, it's, if you're, just know how heavy it is and be in the right headspace. It's, it's, it's um, like, it, it, it's very effective and it's very powerful. And, um, you know, we can talk about it like it's, I've not seen much by Brian De Palma. I, he's a bit of a, like a gap, like as a lot of things are, but like, he, the, like I haven't seen a huge amount by Brian De Palma, mm. but he is, I, I was very surprised. I like when I heard, when I like read the synopsis of what this was about and then I saw that it was him, I was like, whoa, he doesn't seem like the right um Filmmaker to be tackling these topics and this subject matter, and 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 with him, there's you can sort of be oscillate. But it, look, it's 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 very well done. Um, it's very well done, and and how sensitively handled it is is I'll leave to smarter reviewers than me um, and and everything. But but just just be warned. Yeah, 
But you were, sorry, you were talking, Mish, about uh, war movies. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. <and> Hacksaw Ridge. <laughs> so I have had, I, I didn't mean to, but during this little lockdown period that we are currently in, um, mm. I found myself on a little corner of war films. By little, I it's mean amazing. very small. But oh yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's amazing. Well, it's amazing the the corners you find yourself in. I was talking to you last podcast, I think, about how you know I was saying like uh, this movie is full on. I watched a significantly more full on three hour documentary called uh, "The Act of Killing" yeah, a, about three this. weeks ago. Um, but there's something about like you know like I don't know. It's it's. It, it, there are times you oscillate. I feel like you oscillate in lockdown between like, I want to watch making the cut and I want to see the worst of humanity yeah. in, in high art. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I somehow I, I watched Saving Private Ryan and enjoy, I'd nev- I had never seen Saving Private Ryan except never seen it when now? I was really young. Like yeah, when it first yeah, yeah. came out. So, and when it first came out, I didn't, I didn't get it or whatever because I was quite young. And so my partner and I watched Saving Private Ryan. I really enjoyed it. And then the next day I was like, I'm in a war film. I'm, I'm going to watch Hacksaw Ridge because I'd never seen it. That was an interesting film. Um, but then also I- like two weeks ago I watched Full Metal Jacket and then I also oh, wow. watched Pearl, Pearl Harbor, which arguably. Whoa. <laughs> You yeah. have, uh, like, there is, uh, I feel whiplash from that list. <laughs> I feel, honestly, I feel whiplash. Why? Just from, like, like, um, it's like the fun. best to the, like, the best, from the best to the trashiest. Yeah, yeah. I watched Saving Private Ryan, and my God, that the first 20 minutes of that film, I think, is... You know, it's hard to really see now how powerful that was because of so many things rip it off. But, I mean, that was groundbreaking in its depiction of war. And then the next day I watched Hacksaw Ridge, which says it's about nonviolence, but, mm. like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and then I watched um, and then I watched um, uh, Full Metal Jacket, which, I mean, people talk about the war, but it's actually the first hour that before the war shows the dehumani- <laughs> dehumanisation of soldiers. And then I watched Pearl Harbour and Kate Beckinsale, Ben Affleck, they get, they get it. <laughs> and then I watched Pearl Harbour and that Ben Affleck, what a hottie. <laughs> How good is Pearl Harbor? Yeah, it's pretty um, fucked. The eh? thing I love about Pearl Harbor is that Pearl Harbor does isn't the end of the movie. It happens halfway, and then they're like, "And now we got to get revenge for Pearl Harbor." I <laughs> know yeah, it's so strange. Pearl Harbor is so odd. It's such a funny thing. It's, it's not good. Like, because like, t- it's Titanic. Titanic yes, happened yes. two years earlier, and they were like. Oh, let's do Titanic, but about Pearl Harbor. It's like no different thing, mm. different piece of history. And also, Titanic's happy to end on the tragic part, whereas they end halfway through and they're like, "Now we're gonna get them back." It's like, oh no! Bad. How good is Full Metal Jacket, though? Fantastic! I haven't seen it in a really uh, long time. Top though. twenty films of all time, I reckon. For wow, me, I gotta rewatch it. Well, that's I gotta rewrite my list of so top twenty, and film. we we need to do a live or do something about our top twenty films because I would be willing to bet the Full Metal Jackets in there. For me, that's amazing. That's I need to rewatch it. That that first hour, actually, it's funny. Both of the films you've described are really rare in the fact that it's the first bit. Mm. 
that's more memorable than the rest of it. Usually movies, it's the ending. Yeah. But there's something about those two war films, the first 20 minutes of, of Saving... The whole of Saving Private Ryan is great. The whole of Full Metal Jacket is great. Yeah. The first 20 minutes is, like, what is so game-changing. Yeah, absolutely. And then like, same with Full Metal Jacket. It's that first hour before they go to war. Like mm. Vincent D'Onofrio is so good in that. Oh film. my god, it's, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um. Yeah. Go on. Sorry. I think, however, of all the films that the war films that I've watched over the last few weeks, Casualties of War had a cast that made me stand up. Well, not literally, but, like, I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Like, I didn't look up this film, but there were so many little faces that popped up. And mm. it was, they were so good. Like It was a really good film, I think. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed the film. It was heavy. That it was a heavy, heavy film for what is a bunch of guys in their early 20s who are breaking into Hollywood. Like, yeah. Like, Different Sean, time, Sean Penn in that film is fucked. Like, yeah. Fucked scary. Like, fucked scary. Imagine being stuck in a lift with that cunt. Like, yeah. fucked it's, scary. It's, I was, look, I think there were moments that even then probably were a little on the edge and, and now you look back and, like I said, better think pieces online about that. But considering it's Brian De Palma and considering how sometimes he treats subjects mm. of a comparable, I thought it was... It was horrific, but 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 very powerful and and more tasteful than I was expecting. And mm. the acting was really good. I thought it was a very it was a very affecting film. There were moments where I was literally standing, like I was like, mm. it really hit me. It hit mm. me. It was closer on the spectrum to your Full Metal Jackets and your Saving Private Ryan's, and I wasn't yeah. expecting that. It wasn't like a Pearl Harbor. You can't compare no. the two in terms of the spectrum of Saving Private Ryan to Pearl Harbor. It's definitely hitting the Save It Private Ryan club. But do you know what? It could have been a Hacksaw Ridge and I think it wasn't. I Hacksaw think it was... Ridge. Okay. Hacksaw Ridge. <laughs> <laughs> um, art direction incredible. Like I thought yeah. it was beautifully shot. Um, yeah. The violence was horrific and well fucked. I think Andrew Garfield, I think. Is that him? Yeah. Great. Like very fucked, very good, right? It is... A bit, bit cheese, eh? Like, it's a, I, it's a little bit like director trying to to reinvent himself after <laughs> some racial stuff. scandals that might have happened, and that was became this. Mitch. That was really sad. And <laughs> well then, but then became very kind of like, I've got to please the American market by doing this film. That's what it felt like to me. And also, he, I mean, also he falls put it on the fucking record. Big trap. He he falls into a very big trap, I would say. He really, really struggled. All of his movies have good guys and bad guys. Mm-hmm. And like the murkiness of war doesn't work with Mel Gibson because I've never his films always have good guys and bad guys. Yes. They're good and they're bad. And like that's fucked in a story like that because mm. like that's wrong. It's yeah. wrong to pretend one person is a good person and the other person is a bad person. Yes. Particularly with this story, because yeah. the whole point is it's about nonviolence. Well, yeah, it's and that's a really a, weird movie. They made Vince Vaughn this like villain, and it's like, <laughs> no, he's just he's literally doing his job. Like, I love Vince Vaughn. Do ya? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. I love him. I lo- he's got mad. Um, 
doesn't give a shit, hasn't given a shit about any movie he's been in for like yeah. 20 years but still learns his lines. And well, I, I think after energy. he did the remake of Psycho, he was probably like, well, fuck this. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Like, I'm done. I fucked up and I'm done. And any respect <laughs> I had for cinema, I have literally washed down the shower drain. See what I did um, there? See, very did good. Did you see what I did there, very Zach? That good. was a nice little pop very, culture Washed down the, the shower um, drain. Because of the... They, that's a weird movie. Yeah. Um, I, I just want to say one Why thing. Why does about Anne not Hesch remind me of you? Of me? Why does Anne Hesch. Why? Have you talked about her? Anne Hesch? Every time I think no. of Anne Hesch, I think of you. That makes sense, though. I got Anne Hesch vibes. Do you? Maybe you do have Anne Hesch vibes. I'm the Anne Hesch to your Vince Vaughn. <laughs> I was thinking more you're like the Anne Hesh to my Harrison Ford in six days, seven nights. Not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> you're fapping and you're stabbing me. <laughs> um, no, do you, I, I just want to say one last thing on of all, not, not the film we're talking about, which I thought was really powerful. And if, if, you, if you're up for it, it's horrifically full on. But if you're up for it, 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 it is worth watching. It's definitely worth watching. I'm not saying, I don't know, I, I only watched it half an hour ago, so I, I haven't processed it yet um, and I haven't landed on my opinions on it, but it's worth watching. But what I was going to say was, um, the what's the one with Mel Gibson with uh, the that we were just talking about? Hacksaw Ridge. <laughs> Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge is like the ultimate example of like, it doesn't matter what the characters are saying, the story is saying something else. Yes, it's kind of like the ultimate of, you know, in those older Disney movies where, like, the man still saves the woman, but the woman yep. goes, huh, I can do it myself. Yes. It's like, yeah, but structurally, you, you, you're not, that's not the message. Just because you've got to rewrite in to have a woman say that doesn't yeah. mean this is the ultimate of that where it's like, oh, wow, nonviolence works. Anyway, we're off to kill all the baddies. <laughs> Wow, this guy uses non-violence? Yeah. How powerful. Yeah. All right, off you pop. Now we're going to shoot everyone. Like, Wasn't there that one bit where he's dragging Vince? I just yes. yes. He's dragging yes. Vince Vaughn. He's being non-violent. Yeah. But Vince Vaughn's got a fucking machine gun or something. He's just killing everyone. There's this part. Like- There's this part where, like, he has to get somewhere. But in order to get there, he needs to go and hide behind a tree. So he goes and hides behind a tree with a guy. So this guy, very quickly, this dude in Hacksaw Ridge has this, like, moral dilemma where he's like, I will not hold a gun at war. I'm I'm anti-violence. So yeah, the whole he does the whole war without a gun. <clears throat> anyway, in order for him to get somewhere, it would mean he'd have to get shot. So he goes up to this guy and is like, Can you get him from me? <laughs> shoot that one. And so he does, and then this guy gets away without having to shoot anybody, but he just asked somebody to do it. Um, we don't That's have much so time. Funny. No, no. We should I touch just... on uh, a little bit about the baby legs, right? This is yeah. primo baby legs. This is Miami Vice baby legs. This is baby legs' first ever film. Yes. And I think he is so good in it. He's fantastic. It's, it, it's heartbreaking. His performance is heartbreaking. Yeah. It's really awful. Really awful. full on. What a role to get for your first film. You do a De Palma film, firstly. Well mm. done, Johnny. Like, that's your mm. first movie. But to get that kind of role, which is essentially a. Uh, is essentially a peer pressured 
19-year-old boy. Yeah, we don't boy. have to go into the, what, what, what did you say? He's a peer-pressured 19-year-old boy. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Under a yeah. lot of stress. It is. It's a heartbreaking performance. It's, 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 I think in so many ways it's like it, after um, Michael J. Fox, he's the one that, that really, like, I think as an audience member you see it, it's really awful. It's, yeah. it's a really beautiful, powerful, but very good performance. My point is, is that if people, mm. so we've got our Baby Legs fans, we've got our Sexy Luigi fans, we have our Dad Guzamo fans. If you are a Baby Legs fan, check out Casualties of War because he is phenomenal. He's full baby face, baby legs. Don't, like, don't watch the, I need to be very clear, don't watch the film if you like baby legs and you want to keep, like, it's, it's really upsetting. No, I just mean that if, you, if, you're, if you're a fan of his early work, that's fair, yeah. right? Or, like, yeah. if you're a fan of the tra- trajectory, trajectory, trajectory mm. of him, fucking watch it. It's one of his best performances. It's it's really in there for like I can see why he told us to watch it because he's mm. I I can see that he would be very proud of it and it's it's like in there for like I, I almost think we should make a list of like ones that he's good in and he gets something good to do mm. as an actor and it's definitely in that category. Hundred percent. One hundred percent. How many Leguistamos? Four and a half. I'm giving it four. Yeah, four and a half Leguistamos. So upsetting, though. I, I just, I, I have to say it again, such a full-on movie. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to ask you now, Mish, um, this is probably insane. What are you going to watch now? What, what hap- are you going to watch something happy? Are you going to watch something? Um, what am I watching tonight, do you mean? Mm. Uh, my housemate and I are going to watch the series finale of Love Island. Uh, right. And then she goes to bed early and my dog Stanley and I stay up and watch a scary film. Uh, and I saw Love one that. on Netflix that came out like yesterday or something like that. I've forgotten what it's called, uh, but it's about a scary film. It's fantastic. <laughs> and I'm going to watch that. that because like can I, the cheesy can I give horror a, makes me happy. This is not a scary film, cheesy horror, but can I give you a, a like a thriller, like full on thriller recommendation? Yep. Green Room. Loved it. 10 out of 10. Okay. That's that. just for you. That's not and for the podcast. Hey. Oh. As, and as we're wrapping it up, just very quickly, Zach, how many Leguistamos do you give Hacksaw Ridge? Two. Yeah, okay. I give no, one, one and a half. One and a half one and is half. the right answer. Yeah. One and a half Leguistamos for Hacksaw Ridge. Um, thank you so much, Zach, for joining me today for this podcast. Um, thank you, Mish. Thank you so much. And, and Mish, go get your dog and, and say hello to your dog for me. <laughs> Uh, I've had a great time chatting to you and, and I've had a great time chatting to you, our listener. Thank beautiful. you so much. No problems. Thank Take you. Mish is, sorry, I should explain. Mish is after this podcast. I have to go pick up my dog. Rushing off to pick up her dog. That, yeah. that sounds, I realise there's no context Go get your dog sounds like some sort of like. The reason we're <laughs> wrapping up the podcast is A, to end it because you have to end podcasts eventually, I've been told by, like, disgruntled listeners, and B, so Mish can go pick up her dog. So, Mish, say hi to your dog for me, listener. Hashtag um, hello Stanley. That's what, well, that's what I want. I want a hashtag hello Stanley message. And as we say to the end, at the end of every one of our podcasts, we hope you have a leg were great day. There were so many better things you could have said. A leg was awesome. A leg was um, outstanding day. Mish. Leg was a great day. Mish, 
um, you got to pick up your dog. All right, so bye. We can brainstorm this next week. Okay, thank you so much. Bye-bye now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.